The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 1923. Today, we're continuing the Hope series, this time looking at Revenge of the Sith, which actually takes hope in an entirely different direction. In fact, it weaponizes hope. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode where, yes, we are wrapping up our series of looks at the prequel trilogy and the expressions of hope therein. Today, of course, is Revenge of the Sith, which by one turn actually features the you know, darkest situations and so therefore the least hopeful ones, but also actually provides the spark that will grow into the kind of hope for a new and better galaxy in the original trilogy. Interestingly enough though, we're given to believe as the movie starts and as its first act progresses that things might actually be kind of hopeful. For a start, we know there's trouble in the beginning because the opening crawl tells us that General Grievous has dramatically kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine from Coruscant and is trying to make good his escape, but Obi-Wan and Anakin have been dispatched with a bunch of clone troopers to aid them to recover the Chancellor, and in a rather amazing bit of daring do, they pull it off. And as if the day wasn't already going well for Anakin, it turns out that he gets the happiest news of his life, that being the news that Padme, his wife, is pregnant. But as an audience, our collective hope for a satisfactory resolution to this conflict is taken away piece by piece by piece. It seems like it's going to be a good thing that Dooku is out of the picture because that means that the war should be near an end. But the way that it happens is not a good thing. It is Anakin further crossing lines that he shouldn't be crossing. And then of course we find out that Grievous is actually in league with Sidious as well. So you know, it's more manipulation and we, we, and we realize that things really are not going well. And the Jedi who, you know, we've all been thinking are comparatively infallible, right? We know that they're not. Certainly the results of Attack of the Clones prove that to us. But, you know, we've been walking around with this idea that these are the best and the brightest in the galaxy. And if anybody's going to solve the problem, then they are. However, they really misplay the whole situation. They get too aggressive too quickly with Palpatine because the whole thing is about how once the war is over, Palpatine is supposed to lay down his emergency powers and the Jedi don't think he's going to do it. But instead of actually waiting to you know, let him demonstrate that he is not going to lay down his powers after the war is over, they instead move to arrest him and they have to kind of do that. Their hand is forced in a way because they find out that he is in fact a Sith Lord. And so where they had 
You know, little hope, comparatively speaking, that things were going to go well with Palpatine giving away his emergency powers. Well, <laughs> that hope gets entirely eliminated once they find out that he's a Sith Lord. Things go very badly at that point. But the thing that I mentioned at the top about the weaponizing of hope has to do with the Palpatine-Anakin interaction. First of all, it's rather remarkable, and we kind of got an idea that this was happening from Attack of the Clones anyway, that Anakin is sharing things with Palpatine that he really ought not to be sharing. We find out that he actually confided in Palpatine about his slaughter of the Tusken Raiders in Attack of the Clones. And he knows why it was the case, because of his mother. So Palpatine already has, you know, one very potent psychological weapon to use against him. And he normalizes Anakin's behavior in killing Dooku, even though he was an unarmed combatant at that point. Saying, hey, you know, like he took your arm, it's kind of natural that you would want revenge. And hey, remember what the Sand people did to your mother? Like that's the way he puts it, basically. So the seduction to the dark side of the Force is already happening and has been happening. But here's the thing that I wonder about. Anakin starts having dreams about Padme dying in childbirth. And he certainly seems to have you know, a history of dream premonitions, if you will, because he was dreaming about his mother in pain and being tortured and whatnot. But I'm just wondering, now that we know that, you know, links between people can be made between, you know, at least Force-sensitive users like Snoke did between Kylo Ren and Rey, is it possible that similar manipulations could happen in dreams of force users and could dark side force users actually cause some of these manipulations was it actually premonition on anakin's part or was it you know partly stimulated by palpatine also either way palpatine knows this is anakin's weakness and he also knows that padme is his wife at one point he does say that he alone has the power to save Anakin's wife. So, yes, that's also something that Anakin has confessed to Palpatine too, which is ridiculous! Oh my gosh, this kid has been played so badly by Palpatine, so badly. And this is where the weaponizing of hope comes in, because Anakin doesn't want Padme to die, and I'd be willing to bet that he has shared that fear with Palpatine as well. So Palpatine is well-positioned when he relates the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, and ultimately he gives Anakin the idea that he himself actually knows the secret to preventing people from dying. But later on, after all is revealed and Mace Windu has been thrown out a window and all the other Jedi who came to arrest him are dead, Palpatine says, go kill everybody in the Jedi Temple and then you will have the power that you need to be able to protect Padme if something bad happens to her. And he implies that he doesn't necessarily know the answer. He actually says, you know, together we can find the answer to prevent anyone from dying. So he goes back on his word, that evil so-and-so. And Mace Windu, unfortunately, shares his own bit of guilt in this situation because if he hadn't decided that Palpatine had to die, then he probably wouldn't have been attacked by Anakin and you know maybe the result would have been different because that's where the weaponizing of hope really happened. It was the notion that if Mace Windu is going to kill Palpatine, then the knowledge of how to save her life is going to die with Palpatine, just to avoid <laughs> the confusing pronouns when I've got three male characters there. So anyway, 
yeah, it's gonna die with Palpatine, that secret, and Anakin cannot let that happen. And Palpatine has very successfully made Anakin's hope for finding a, you know, cure for death, an immortality guarantee. He has made that his ace in the hole, meaning Palpatine has made that fact Palpatine's ace in the hole. And it comes into play when Anakin steps in, but, you know, everything goes downhill from there. Though there is one person who still manages to maintain hope for Anakin and the possibility that his soul can be saved. That, of course, is his wife Padme, who goes to Mustafar to confront Anakin and talk about all the horrible things that Obi-Wan is telling her about him and saying, you know, please tell me it's not true, I can't believe it. And Anakin's not exactly denying it. So she goes to step two, which is run away from me, just leave all of this because she believes that probably similarly to what happened with the Tusken Raiders, that redemption is possible for him and that she just needs to get him out of the situation to be able to at least start that process. But of course, he's not having any of it. And maybe if Obi-Wan had stayed on the ship a little bit longer, maybe she could have kept working on Anakin and made it happen, but unfortunately not. And yet, and yet, even with the rest of what goes down, Padme still maintains hope that redemption is possible for Anakin. With her dying breath, with her last words, she tells Obi-Wan that there is still good in Anakin. And that leads us to the movie's final moments, which I would actually suggest to you aren't really hopeful in one sense at least. And I will explain that to you after the break. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So the reason why I would like to suggest that the move to go into hiding and to split up Luke and Leia and give them to random people so that way they can't be found, I don't know if that's as much about hope as it is about desperation and survival. Which, you know, I guess you could make a case that there is some hope that they might be able to survive if they go into hiding, but really I think when you get down to it, you know, hope is something that you have the luxury of having at some point when you're not forced into action merely just to save your own life and get into a place of safety where you can then contemplate the future and what you would like to see as, you know, a better, more improved future state. But probably somewhere tickling in the back of Yoda's mind is the notion that, hey, these are the offspring of Anakin Skywalker. And so if Anakin was that powerful in the Force, maybe his kids might be too. And maybe there's something to that. Maybe a little bit down the line, if they wait and are patient, they might be able to pull something off. 19 years is a long time to wait, though. But for the characters in the movie, I think it's really more about survival. And ultimately, the hope is brought back to us in the audience because we know who these babies are and we know 
who they will grow up to be. So we actually have the notion of hope transferred to us as an audience that there will be a time when all of this evil will be turned over, pushed aside, and order will be restored to the galaxy. We just have to wait ourselves. And even just stepping back from the meta of it, you can't really let the audience go into this thinking that, oh, everything is done, it all fell to pieces, and yes, I know the movies are meant to be watched in the one through six order, so technically speaking, they're not really leaving it that way because you're supposed to just jump right into episode four and pick things right up. But as a standalone movie, you can't just let everything be destroyed and then call it a day. No, you have to allow the audience to have that spark of hope rekindled with the babies and with the music that calls us back to the beginnings of A New Hope and Luke staring out at the binary sunset. This time we get... Owen and Baru staring out at the binary sunset and Owen looking very much like a, a young Luke just with a better beard because, you know, Luke didn't have a beard, at least not at that point, but certainly he was able to grow a pretty decent one after the fact. And that is going to do it for my look at Hope as it is expressed in Revenge of the Sith, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.